0: Hello, and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, President and CEO of the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. Each week, a chamber staff member will sit down with a guest to discuss what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, develop our workforce, and tell the inspiring story of Greensboro to the world. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information.
1: Hi, welcome to Impact the Borough. My name is Megan Mabry. I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications at the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. Um, And I am very excited to have two lovely guests with us today um, to talk about the state of the arts in Greensboro. Um, I'm sure that they have had an interesting couple of months. um, And so we are excited to hear from them um, and I will let them introduce themselves so you can hear their voices and we'll start with Laura. Hi, Thank you Megan for
2: inviting us today. Well, I am Laura Way. I'm the president and CEO of Arts Greensboro and I have been in this role a little over a year now and um, if people don't know what Arts Greensboro is, we are the Arts Council and we help raise funds for arts organizations, individual artists, we provide some marketing support, shared services And we are a cheerleader of all things arts and culture in Greensboro. Um, We're a United Arts Fund, so the money we raise from individuals, corporations, and foundations, we leverage that money and we re-grant a significant portion of that to our arts community in, uh, in helping each of our citizens of Guilford County have more creative lives through artists and arts organizations. And then we partner really closely with the city of Greensboro.
3: Hi, my name is Ryan Deal, and I am the Chief Creative Economy Officer with the City of Greensboro. Uh, I joined the staff in November of last year, and um, we are the the city's office for arts and culture. We've adopted the name Creative Greensboro uh, for our work, and our primary focus is directed by the city's cultural plan. Which was commissioned by City Council and ultimately adopted in December of 2018. Um, and so we we wear a lot of hats. Uh, included in our work is actually the special events permitting function for the city. Uh, we are the primary managers for the Greensboro Cultural Center, and we we host a variety of direct programs. Um, for the community, and we also provide support mechanisms for uh, for artists and arts organizations as well. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us.
1: Absolutely. So, Ryan, I'll start with you real quick, uh, since you're still brand new to us. Um, and uh, what do you think, um, over the past six months, um, the arts community here in Greensboro, um, I'm sure that I've seen a lot of pivoting to online events and things of that nature um how do you what is your just overall temperature of the arts here in Greensboro as of where we'll be we're recording this at the end of uh, July and we will be released the beginning of August so where are we at right now what's four or five months into this?
3: Well, you know, it's been interesting for the new guy in town to experience the arts and culture community through this virtual landscape over the last few months. It's made it a frankly, a little bit easier for me to take in sort of the, the breadth and depth of creative work that's happening in the community because so much of it is available to us, you know, via our telephone or, or tablet or, uh, or computer. So I, there's some benefit in that. I think that there's definitely a, an active and robust demonstration of just how vibrant and creative this community is, just a click away. Um, you know, I think that what we would also all acknowledge is that you know, I, I, I'm lovingly saying that there's a name for you know, all of this virtual stuff that has existed for a long time and it's film and television. And it's not necessarily the same thing as, you know, creative programming and, and visual and performing arts that we might typically experience because so much of that is really about the human connection that happens associated with the program. And so I think we're missing out on that right now, uh, but for good reason because we need to and we and we need to be keeping ourselves safe. But I know everyone's eager to get back to that. Um, so, we actually have been working with Arts Greensboro on a what's right now a twice-a-week digest of virtual programs that are available, being produced by creative organizations right here in Greensboro. Uh, both our entities, Creative Greensboro and Arts Greensboro, publish that to our Facebook page twice a week. And, you know, most days that we publish it, it's four or five pages full of um, creative activities that can be streamed virtually. Most of them are being offered free of charge. uh, And they're all being presented by Greensboro-based creative individuals or organizations. So don't let anyone tell you that this community is not creative. It totally is. And we're finding a way, but not without challenges. And certainly things look a lot different right now.
1: Absolutely. Um, that's awesome that you guys have been able to partner with each other. Um, and so we will make sure that we have uh, the links to that in our show notes uh, where everybody can go find um, y'all's Facebook pages and get that uh, listing, which is incredible. I've been following it as well. That's where I've found most of uh, what I've enjoyed over the summer. Um, and so Ryan started talking a little bit about challenges. And Laura, I know that Arts Greensboro, with y'all being a funding organization, have really stepped up. So can you talk a little bit about those challenges that have presented themselves? Obviously, um, we are not able to gather together and a lot of these programming uh, options are free. So can you talk a little bit about the challenges that um, our organizations are facing? Well,
2: I'd be happy to because this uh, COVID-19 and the continuing um social distancing that we are experiencing now has really had a devastating impact on arts organizations in terms of their um, underlying infrastructure. And while as Ryan pointed out, they are arts artists and arts organizations are leaning in and doing what they can to continue to activate our community. Financially, it has been a much bleaker picture um last um, two weeks ago, I did a survey and they, I gave arts organizations in Guilford County twenty four hours to turn it around and forty three organizations responded out of eighty eight requests. So that's not bad in terms of a survey results. But what I asked was what what was the impact of this uh, shelter in place and the continuing impact of Covid nineteen? And it has, It's significant. Lost income, earned revenue for arts organizations, total $5.6 million. Lost contributed income is an additional $1.4 million. That is a significant decrease, a little over $7 million. Um, But more importantly, the audience lost from everything that would have been produced in person that's almost 700,000 people who would have, maybe not 700,000 discrete individuals, but 700,000 artists and arts organization engagement opportunities. That is a really significant number. That while you may get that uh, virtually, that there's an economic impact of not having in person activation. And if you use the Americans for the Arts multiplier of audience participation and driver of economic development, that totals a significant number. And the lost income from that audience is total of $9.5 million. So the the impact on our arts community is $9.5 million of lost economic impact opportunity. And lost income from arts organizations of a little over seven those aren't small numbers for a, the creative economy and and then if we add in the artist on top of that that number is only going to go well above uh, 20 million dollars so that's hard to make up in an in an ecosystem that was already fragile to begin with so one of the things that um, arts Greensboro is doing is looking for ways to help keep arts organizations intact. You now, if we look at um, January as perhaps a reopening, how do we make sure organizations are able to sustain themselves through the next uh, five months? Part of that hopefully will be a, a renewed push of PPP and SBA loans, other mechanisms, the county and and state governments allocating more resources to the creative economy, and then the Artist Relief Fund. Now Ryan was involved with us with the Artist Relief Fund as, a, as part of our review team, and uh, the city of Greensboro did lean in and contribute direct dollars to support that, but the Artist Relief Fund, and as Ryan will tell you, we looked at a list of over a hundred artists every week and continue to, we have written over 1500 checks. We're $57 away from hitting a hundred thousand dollars in that fund, but we've given 99% of that money away. So we are um, actively engaged in raising more money for individual artists who are losing income through the gig economy. And, um, it, it is a, an incredible need, particularly now that the $600 of uh, additional relief through unemployment is going away for a period of time. And uh, as you know, artists do not make n- close to the median income in our community. So we need to help them.
1: Absolutely. Um, and so I think that, um, can you elaborate a little bit more on um the reason why um, uh, direct payments to the artists themselves are so important. I think many of our audience, don't, I, I have a, a little bit of a background in the art, so I know how artists are paid, um, and so can you elaborate a little bit on that, um, uh, the reason why this is, uh been so devastating for the artists themselves?
2: Absolutely. So many artists, initially when this all started and we started Shelter in Place, Um, artists who frequently work off a 1099 they are not an employee of an arts organization or they are independent contractors and they work with joy mongers or south end brewery or they they uh, work with the greensboro opera they're not paid as employees they are part of the gig economy and as such they weren't eligible initially for unemployment um that loosened up as we got closer to May. But so they went through a long period of time of having no income from going from a a slow season because spring is a slow season for many Mm -hmm. to no income. Some like uh, the Greensboro Symphony, they went from a very busy season where they were making the bulk of their income and then it just disappeared on them. So that was really hard to make up. And there was no um, backstop to that. There was no safety net to that. So Arts Greensboro, and then with our partners, Triad Musician Matters, and then the city of Greensboro, and the generosity of many, we received an anonymous gift of $25,000. We have no idea who it came from. United Way um, pitched in. Um, We were able to give a little bit of money, and uh, as as Ryan will attest to, that $25 or $250 that we wrote sometimes was the difference between buying groceries or not, or paying that copay at the health at the drugstore or not getting a prescription filled. Um, so without a safety net, artists need direct support.
3: I would totally affirm what Laura is saying, and and it's it's true in in looking at those applications and, and understanding what the need is. The thing that that I would add to this is, you know, as a as a creative individual myself. Now, of course, I have a I have a a, a full time role with the city in an administrative capacity, but I'm. Hungry for opportunities to invest in my own creative practice right now. And I know that's true for full time artists for sure. Um, And so there is both this economic need, but there's also this unmet creative need. And so, you know, what do artists do? Well, they create, right? They make work, whether they're being compensated for it or not, which is a fundamental problem in our entire construct. But, you know, I would encourage folks certainly to think about. You know, a contribution to the Artist Emergency Relief Fund. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the fundraiser and cheerleader for Arts Greensboro here. Yes, please make a gift. Also think about ways in your own life that you might be able to think outside of the box to engage an artist in your own life. I saw, I read a story that somebody posted on Facebook, I think just this morning, who said that they reached out to a symphony musician and paid them a fee. I don't know what it was, but to go stand in the driveway of their aging mother and play a solo concert in the driveway Just because they knew that their mother had been alone and frankly lonely and without social interaction in their home, That is a beautiful example of how folks can activate themselves and be a partner in contributing to our creative community and bringing some beauty into the life of of, of people that they know and love. Um, You know, we can't go to galleries right now to purchase work, but we can certainly find uh, artists in our community and buy work directly from them. And so I think there's an opportunity, pending your own interest or your own connectivity, make a gift to the Artist Emergency Relief Fund and Arts Greensboro can help manage the distribution of those dollars and think about ways in your own life that you may be able to directly equip and empower and support creatives in our community. Mm
2: -hmm someone um, Charlie Hunter who is a um, a musician who has traveled all over the world he a year and a half ago or two years ago they moved to uh, Greensboro from New Jersey and they just picked Greensboro they could have moved anywhere and they had a friend in the Durham area who said oh go check out Greensboro and so now they live here and uh, Charlie put on his Instagram and and what would we do without Facebook and, and Instagram right now he said if you think art is is a disposable discretionary item try living through a pandemic without art music literature poetry theater your life would be desperately gray it would be gray and and granular and and art is giving us that hope and aspiration to get through this. And we need artists. And arts organizations would would not exist if it were not for artists. They don't exist so they can have an executive director. They exist because there's artists. And um, so we need to take care of them as they take care of us. I mean, walk down Elm Street after um, Memorial Day weekend, who leaned in and changed the look of those streets? (laughs) Artists.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a a great point that you make, Laura. I think so many people um, I saw definitely um, I come from a theater background and I saw so many people were so excited about Hamilton on Disney Plus. And there was a nice little meme that ran around after that saying, remember that every single person that you're seeing in this and behind the scenes are all now unemployed. And I think that that's a thing that we can really bring that back home to Greensboro that so many people that we are used to seeing. Um, on stage, on um, any types of medium, they're, they're definitely struggling right now. So Ryan, I absolutely love your idea of uh, calling into uh, the symphony to do a private concert and things like that. Um, and absolutely remember to uh, not ask the people to do things for free. But, um, I think that's the biggest thing as well, is to make sure that um, everyone is adequately compensated for the gifts that they're giving us right now. Um, so I think we've got a little bit more time, and I'd like to um, wrap up. I know we don't have crystal balls here, um, but we also are heading into the fall season. That's also a huge season for the arts. So again, home um, will be uh, not as, not the way that we wanted it to be. But um, do you guys have any insight as to what is coming and what beyond what we've just talked about? What else we're going to be needing come fall?
3: So from from where I sit and what I see, and I know just in my own work, we're really functioning in this, like, as difficult as it is, three-week to three-week time frame right now with the extension of executive orders from the governor's office, which, again, certainly understand why that is, but makes planning for the future a really difficult thing, not understanding what public health guidance is really going to look like in the longer short-term, you know, Laura has spoken eloquently to the really devastating financial impacts that arts organizations have faced, and I feel like most of them were beginning to hear messages that it's probably, you know, six to even 12 months of continued, Mm -hmm. essentially hibernation with just an effort and focus on virtual programming. That may not be true for everyone, but I'm beginning to hear that more frequently, um and you know the one plug i would make right now for folks if if you're if they're hearing this podcast before the end of august The city is pleased to be continuing the MUSEP concert series. It's now in its 41st year. I certainly can't take credit for any of that, um, but I am glad that we were able to continue it this year. It is being streamed virtually from the Creative Greensboro Facebook page. Those concerts are every Sunday night at 6 p.m. It's a really beautiful and and wildly intentionally diverse set of music, uh, music groups that are part of that series. We do compensate those artists, um, and the viewership has been incredible. We've had over 37,000 viewers to each of those concerts, and so hope that folks will will join us and check that out and make that part of their late summer plans on Sunday nights. From the air-conditioned indoor of your home, that's the one silver lining here is that uh, you, don't, you don't have to sit outdoors in 95-degree heat to enjoy the MUSEP concerts this summer.
2: And as far as Arts Greensboro goes, we're, you know, we're looking at uh, reentry and reinvent. We know that um, the model for nonprofits, regardless of whether you're in um, the arts or not, um, that model has been stretched as far as I, I think it can be stretched. And we need to reinvent new, a new model for a new, our Second decade of this century um, that can be more nimble and adaptable to sudden change. Um, I don't think anyone expected from the time this the mayor declared a state of emergency, which was on the 13th of March, and then the governor uh, declaring uh, shelter at home, which was five days later, that our world changed and it could again. And so I think All organizations, regardless of their their structure or governance, need to think about being more agile and and nimble. But arts organizations who have traditionally relied on a few sources of operating income and and means to support themselves, they need to look at those models. And we're going to help with that over the course of the next couple of months so that we do have a thriving arts community when we are open for business and we are fully functional and thriving and once again, driving that economic impact activity and meeting the the needs of our community members through arts education, arts enrichment um, and the joy and love and respite that arts offer all of us when you take them into
1: your heart. Absolutely. Um, thank you both so much for being here. And my my arts background would hurt me if I did not end with Laura. Please tell us how we can donate to the vir- to the um, emergency relief fund.
2: You just need to go to artsgreensboro.org and it's right there on our homepage. Artsgreensboro.org and um, click on the button, make a gift. It's low dollar, high impact.
3: Somebody go give them $57 right now and get them over the $100,000 mark.
1: <laughs> we are hoping that somebody will have done that between now and when this is released. <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys both so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by True Lion Federal Credit Union a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Impact the Borough is recorded at Press Play Studios Producers are Brody Cohen Glaze and Holly West. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time.